0: So, how we doing? Everybody good? Oh my goodness gracious! You know, it's the funniest thing, I don't know why, but it seems like every time I've stood up here to preach in 2020, I could almost laugh and just say, so what's new? Like nothing at all has happened, but you know, the whole world is upside down since the last time I spoke to you, right? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, It's just so 2020 that election day turns into election week, amen, right? That's just the way that it goes. It's just crazy for 2020, par for the course. But we are studying being fearless, finding peace in a world full of anxiety for just this particular reason. Because honestly, I know that for many of you, you're worried, you're concerned, you're uh, kind of nervous about just the different things that we face in our world today. And I love it because honestly, like the picture that we've got here is, you know, for the toilet paper. Y'all remember when the toilet paper was a huge deal? Like, I mean, every, everybody's world came to a stop. They had 12 rolls of toilet paper, but they were worried they were going to lose, uh, lose out and uh, run out. So everybody ran out and grabbed toilet paper, have 35 rolls of toilet paper still in their closet today. Well, this is just kind of the world that we've lived in in 2020. Hard to find peace. We've talked a little bit about how the word phobos in the New Testament is the word that we get the word fear or phobia from, and it is translated fear in the New Testament, and we've been talking about four different phobias each and every week, just kind of give you a little bit of a sense of an idea how sometimes the things that we are fearful of are not really things that we ought to be fearful or afraid of. They're kind of things that don't always make sense. For example, let's click to this next slide. I'm going to give you a rundown. We're going to start in the upper left and we'll go clockwise. You guys with me? This is, let me see here real quick, make sure I get it right. Arithmophobia, and no, I'm not making this up. This is arithmophobia, and this is the fear of math and numbers. If you are afraid of math and numbers... This is what you have. You have arithmophobia. And if you are dealing with arithmophobia, this has not been a good week for you, right? I mean, who, which states have got which percentage of the vote in and how many electoral colleges and all of that different stuff is going on? What percentages and all of those different numbers that you've had thrown at you. I did not realize that I would know by the end of the week how many, you know, electoral college votes the state of Nevada would have. Like why would I even care? But yet I know these things as of this week. Okay, so if you are dealing with arithmophobia, this is probably not your week. Or if you are dealing with this one up here on the right, you guys have any idea what this is a fear of? Just give it to me real quick here in the in the uh, an audience, you guys, have a guess at it, real quick. Somebody said the internet. That's actually pretty good. I'm afraid of the internet and uh, making it onto the internet. That's a problem for me. Um, cyberphobia or technophobia. It's the fear of computers or technology. Right? Okay, that makes some sense, I suppose. Then look over here at this right here on the bottom right. This is a anthropophobia. Do you guys know what that means? Take a guess. Fear of crowds and men and mankind and society. I, I am fearful uh, of mankind and society in some ways, I suppose. And then here on the bottom left, this is really not your week. If you are a person who is dealing with phobia. Because that is the fear of pins and needles. And we've been waiting on pins and needles all week long to figure out who our president is going to be. And I guess we finally figured it out yesterday. Is that right? About 11 o'clock, we finally figured it all out. But this is the thing. This is just four more phobias that people have. These things that make us afraid of the world that we live in. But here is what I would share with you very quickly. Psychologists say there were 645 different phobias, according to the Fear Virus book. That means there's a whole lot of fear out there. And so we've got to be very careful that we as Christians don't fall into the trap or into the the suction that kind of comes from our society, that we're fearful of this and fearful of that and fearful of all of these different things. And truthfully, just as honest as I can be, Man, 2020 has put this to the test. It has been hard to remain full of faith and it's been easy to slide into being full of fear. But the truth of the matter is is that God is not praised or glorified when we His people are cowering in a corner and worried half to death about all the things that might possibly happen instead of having faith that God will be with us. Now, I want to be very clear Bad things happen to good people. And I want to also be very clear that bad things happen to good Christians. Okay? Now, I wish I could promise you that if you were just living right and everything was good in your spiritual life, that you'd never have to deal with a problem. But how many of you guys know that that's not true? Can I get an amen, right? I mean, this is true. This is true. And so, actually, this brings me to something. I want to just mention it to you. Uh, One of our ladies that normally sings... Our girl, Karen Baldwin, has come down with COVID. We need to be praying for her. We need to be praying for her. I'm going to say it again. We need to be praying for Karen. She has four kids, and that's not even counting Eli. Amen. All right. So uh, Eli and the kids. But let me be very clear. Eli and Karen are both in the, the medical field. And they have both now been infected with COVID. A lot of our frontline people, a lot of our nurses and and, uh, those frontline support people are out there and they're dealing with this every day. If you know much about Karen, she is gifted and given a a way of bringing children into this world. She is a labor and delivery nurse. And she's told me in the past, she said, I got to be careful because I'm constantly dealing with folks that are dealing with COVID. Now, Karen wasn't doing anything except for doing the thing that God has gifted and enabled her to do, but she's got COVID. Is this good? No. Is she doing good? Yes, she's doing good. She is a good person and a Christian person who is just dealing with the bad that this world throws our way because we live in a fallen world but we cannot lose sight of who is still yet in control. And you know what? The truth of the matter is, is that for all of us, we cannot get to the place where we're so scared of what might happen that we fear going outside, getting involved in our lives. It's so important. And don't miss this real quickly. Don't miss this. There's a huge difference in being timely and timeless. And that difference plays heavily into our fear factor. In other words, you can sit there like, did any of y'all get caught? into a a suction into like uh, either the BBC or ABC or NBC or CSNBC or any of these BCs. I mean, if any of those, did any of y'all get caught up in a BC hole, right? Like you get sucked in and like you've not really gotten any more information than you had in the first 10 minutes, but you've lost three and a half hours. Like you don't know where it went. That happened to me because I wanted to know what was going on. And you know what? They were incredibly timely. But did you know that the truth of the matter is, is that timely doesn't mean that it's still going to matter in 10 or 15 or two hours from now, 10, 15 minutes or two hours, because you can be timely and you can know the latest, but that really doesn't change your world and change your life. Not most of the time. Timeless is when you lock on to the principles that do not change, that do not come and go with whether or not they've counted all the votes or not, right? These are the things that we as Christians need to be doing. We need to be locking into the timeless truth of God and His Word instead of constantly being worried about, do I have the latest on what's happening in this world? Well, here's what's happened since the beginning of time, and it will happen all the way through the end of time. God is still on the throne, amen, period. That is it. And the truth of the matter is, is that if Biden won, which I guess he did, and Trump won, whichever, it did not matter who was actually going to be in control of this world. It was not going to be either one of those guys. It wasn't. And so if things change, I don't think they will, but if they do, I'm not going to be panicked because they haven't really changed for thousands and thousands of years. God is still on the throne. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't need to be paying attention. And by the way, if you're not a student of history, you are doomed to repeat it is the old adage. So let me just share this with you. This isn't the first time something crazy has happened around a presidential election. Check this out. You guys ever seen this? Have any of y'all ever seen this headline? This is the headline that the Chicago uh, paper, I believe it's the Chicago Sun-Times or the Chicago Tribune, printed this paper. Oh, there it is, the Chicago Daily Tribune. All right, I guess I could look at my own picture in the smaller print, right? But what does it say? It says, Dewey defeats Truman. You know what? That was actually very timely, but not true. <laughs> this is very interesting because this election happened I believe back in the 40s and the truth of the matter is is that Truman actually defeated Dewey but they were so much in a rush to get the timeliest news and to get out there and say it first that they didn't actually have it accurately. Oh man, I could preach a whole message. I know you're worried that I say these words. I could preach a whole message on wanting to be first instead of wanting to be accurate, but I'm not going to do that, all right? But this is a perfect example. This happened back in the 40s. Don't freak out. This is not the first time. I know it feels like the first time because it's the latest time, but it's not the first time that things have been crazy. Here's what we know. And I want to just be very clear about this. I, I was reading a book, uh, not a book, an article from The Atlantic, which is a newspaper. And this is what it was. It's by David A. Graham, a staff writer. And he talked about how the people who thought that they knew what the polls should say and what was going to happen on election day seemed so incredibly right until suddenly they weren't. And it's funny because in the moment, we can think we are dead on just right and we have all the truth, and then suddenly you're right until you're just not, right? Have any of y'all ever had that experience where you're right until you're just not? Well, this happened this week because the pollsters were telling us person X was going to win in certain state X or Y, and it didn't happen. But here's what's very, very interesting, and this is important that you hear this as we move forward. Because let me just remind you, the interesting thing about it all is, is how incredibly close we are. To, we had about a 3 million vote difference between the two different political parties. That means that there are a lot of you who voted for Biden. There are a lot of you who voted for Trump. That's just the way that it is. And we're going to have to decide that we're going to get along and that we're going to live in this world together and we're going to make this the very best that we possibly can make it instead of trying to undermine and killing our opportunity for our nation to be the very best that it possibly can be. Here's what it says. In this Atlantic article, it says, it's become more and more of a challenging task as Americans sort themselves into ideological bubbles geographically romantically, professionally, and in the media that they consume. Parties are now mostly ideologically homogeneous. In other words, you're in an echo chamber. For most of you, you're in an echo chamber. You've surrounded yourself with the media and the people who believe exactly like you do, and that's why you think everybody believes that you do. You just never met somebody who didn't. We no longer spend much time around people who disagree with us. Public opinion polling was one last way that we had to understand what other Americans actually believe. In other words, here's what we need to realize and understand. Jesus did not call us to come here and define ourselves by political party. He asked us to come and say the biggest need of mankind cannot be met by an election Unless you're talking about being elected into the body of Christ and forgiven of your sins. That is the thing that changes our world. And until we say this is the most important thing in our life and in our world, then we've missed the boat. Now, I don't know, some of you guys are sitting there thinking, that daggum Republican up there in the pulpit just preaching and teaching about Republican values. And some of you on the other side are going, that dadgum Democrat up there preaching about Democrat. You know what? I'm not preaching about any value except for us coming together and saying to ourselves, This stuff is done for at least another four years. Let's get busy about living our lives together because as we were once told, whenever the people signed the Declaration of Independence, one of them looked to the others in the room and he said, we have best hang together or we most assuredly will hang separately. And I believe that still is maybe even more true today than it ever has been. If we don't hang together and say this world is the best that we can make it and we do our our best to make it that way, then we're going to find ourselves in a world of hurt. We can't afford for it to be something that's partisan and just going out there being separated just for being separated's sake. And I want to just remind you of something. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, something very powerful that was said. And this is Isaiah talking about his call to go out and change the nations and be involved. Here's what it said. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You know what this tells me? It tells me that when you realize and understand that who's really on the throne doesn't come and go with the king that's recently been nominated or born or elected or whatever you want to say, when you realize who's really on the throne, you just cease to worry about this stuff nearly as much as you used to. Because I don't believe that our hope should be put in any man or any political party. It's put in the faith of Jesus Christ, and that is it, and that is it alone. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. Appreciate that. And i tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to jump on on down a little bit, and I want you guys to check out this video. I'm going to jump to the video. Uh, So uh, I've already preached on stuff that I wasn't planning on preaching, so I probably ought to keep moving. So we're going to check out this video. I think you guys will enjoy the video while I find my spot on uh, on my chair or thing one more time. You good? Are we good? All right, let's go ahead and go to number 11. Here we go.
1: You to Conquer your fear with five tips. That's right. Number five. Acknowledge your fear. Write it down. Get it out there. Do that, Tommy. Do that. That's a great idea, okay? Here's the thing. When you write down your fear, it kind of helps just squelch the fear. Tommy is going to show you right now that we all have this in common. We all have fears. This is Tommy's number one fear. This is my number one fear. I've seen it happen to people and it's tragic. I can't imagine what it would be like to... Really? So much skin. Number four. Realize that most of your fears don't even come true. Yours did. This isn't a fear. Looks like it should have been. When it comes to those fears, they don't really ever come true. Like some people have a fear of garden gnomes coming alive in the middle of the night and destroying you. What? Yes, a bunch of people fear that. I don't think so. It's a legitimate fear those little statues in people's yards those evil statues in people's yards oh this is your fear you're afraid of no, you're I'm afraid not. of garden no, I'm, gnomes. I'm not yes no, you I'm are not. I'm not look that, at not you me. no <laughs> okay 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 moving on. on number three do the thing you fear yes yes like stay the night in a yard filled with garden gnomes No, it really is a good idea to do what you fear. In fact, Winston Churchill said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. No, Winston Churchill didn't say that. Hmm? Emerson said that. What? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. How do you gnome that? Well, I had a college class on and there was a, did you just say, how do I gnome that? Yep. Okay, you know what I'm curious about? I'm curious what it would look like if I shaved your head. It's not funny. I'm not laughing. Number two, be curious. Yeah, because when you're curious, you're not focusing on your fear. You're squelching your fear. You're you're opening the door for God's wonder. Curiosity does that. Yeah, and you'll also find that curiosity did not kill the cat. It was that creepy kid across the street. There's someone to be afraid of. You don't even be afraid of him. Because the number one way to conquer your fear is to trust in God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit of the Lord is not of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Yep. In fact, I got you a little keepsake to help you remember that. Thanks, buddy. That's what I like about this guy. He's always thinking of other people. Ah! So there you have it, friends. Go out there. Conquer your fear. Make that bucket list of things that you want to do and know that God is on your side because there is nothing that you have to be afraid
0: of. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed the video and uh, hope you were able to kind of see a few of the things beyond the humor. The truth is, is that there are those five things that I think are really good. I actually... Uh, kind of prescriptions for us to get beyond fear and the funny thing is is that actually did you guys notice he said do the thing that you fear and the death of fear is certain and he said that was Winston Churchill no no it's Ralph Waldo Emerson and if you were here last week or if you were watching and tuning in last week guess what I did I put it up there as Mark Twain And I guess I was wrong. I mean, have y'all ever had that thing happen to you when you can't figure out who actually said a quote? Here's the one that it actually is. It's from Ralph Waldo Emerson. If you do the thing that you fear, the death of fear is certain. And I'm kind of upset about it because I actually had a theory that if you had a big, huge, bushy mustache, you were more profound in the words that you said. And this just goes all the way against it. You know, last week it was there. Uh, I I thought I was on to something, but this this disproves my theory, which I was kind of upset about. Well, in the Fear Virus book, there's something very interesting. This Fear Virus book you can get on Amazon if you choose, but there's something to learn. And then according to that book that we just mentioned, the word and the title of God entitled God Almighty is actually found in the Bible 345 times 345 times God declares himself to be God Almighty. And so if you are afraid, let me just tell you, you don't need to be afraid any longer or anymore. And this brings us to our big idea. Your fear is overcome by consciously and consistently feeding your faith. Now, I always go back and forth on what the big idea is going to be as far as how it's termed and how it's listed and all that stuff. This is the one that I think that you needed here today. It is that fear is overcome by consciously and consistently feeding your faith. And let me just park here for just a quick second. For most of us, if we are not conscious of it we don't slip towards faith we slip instead towards what fear we Think about these things that could go wrong and might go wrong, and I bet you they will go wrong, and all of these fears creep in, but most of the time, they don't ever get to the level where they're just uh, even past the surface. They're just lingering just below the surface, and when that happens, you live with a low level anxiety that you can't put your fingers on. You can't define it, but you just know that you're dealing with fear or this panic feeling in your heart and in your mind. And so I would warn you to make sure that you are conscious of the fact that you are slipping towards fear instead of moving towards faith. And then I talked about consistently feeding your faith. If you are a person who only is involved in your faith when it comes time to come to church, whether that's once a week or once a month or once every three or four weeks or whatever it is for you, here's what I would tell you that is not nearly enough time to overcome the fear that can creep up into your life it's it's a 1 hour versus hundreds of hours of different kinds of things being poured into you that do not feed your faith, but instead feed your fears. So you have to consistently and consciously feed your faith that will overcome your fear. Nelson Mandela had a really, really great quote, and I've shared this with you three different times over the course of this six-week study. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but the one who conquers that fear. I'm sorry to tell you, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you will always have to deal with fear in your life at one point or another and in some area of your life or another. It just is what it is. Fear is a part of being in this world, but you do not have to wait until you've overcome it all the way before you actually live a life that is victorious over fear. You instead, Say, you know what? It's not about that, it is instead about me having faith that overcomes fear. I want to talk about very quickly how we can feed our faith and starve out our fears from this passage of scripture that Eric read from Psalm chapter 46. Now, you might recognize this passage of scripture, this is a passage that I've preached from within the last six months because it is so powerful and so perfect. It talks about even when the mountains fall into the heart of the sea and every foundation that we have is shaken, the Lord is our refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. And so this is important for us to grasp. Now, here's how to feed our faith instead of our fears. Number one is memorize scripture. So if you have a Bible or if you are looking it up on your phone, maybe it will be there. I'm not sure. But before you even get to chapter 46, verse 1, you will notice this is what it says. Psalm 46, for the director of, what's the next word? You guys say it with me? Music. Um, The sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. And that B there means there's a footnote. If you look at the footnote B in the NIV, it tells you this is probably a musical term. And then he says, this is a song. And then we go to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. So what is that telling you and telling me? How many of you have ever gotten a song stuck in your head? Can I see your hands? All right, on the count of three, y'all shout out one of the most recent ones that's gotten stuck in your head that you wanted to get rid of. Okay, ready? One, two, three. It's a small world after all. Is that just me? Yeah, all right. Have you ever, if you've ever visited Disney with your kids or grandkids, oh man, the worst part of visiting Disney is not the lines, it's the fact that you will have, it's a small world after all, playing in your head for the next six months straight, and there's nothing you can do about it. I can't fix it for you, I can just pray for you, that's it. So here's the deal. If you've ever had a song stuck in your head, get the right one stuck in your head. And so when Jesus is telling us and his disciples, and he's speaking about these psalms, and he quotes these psalms, it's almost like he's quoting song lyrics to them. The reason that I wanted them to sing Tremble today, and that's usually Karen's song, that she just, like, she loves that song. I love it when she sings that song. She does that growl thing in there, you know, that I love. Well, I didn't want Naim to do that. I just told him, don't try to growl today. So anyway, but... Why did I want to do tremble today? Because I want you, when you are feeling that worry, that, that low-level anxiety coming on, that you say, no, no, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. It's not the other way around. Jesus, you silence what? Fear. Th- this is good, <laughs> And, and, and some of you, you might be people who you're not crazy about the fact that some of these songs get repetitive or whatever, and I understand that. There are some that I can't just handle, all right? I'm not gonna say that one that I just can't handle, but it's really popular out there. We're never gonna sing it, and you'll never know. But here's what I know. Some of these repetitive songs help you because they remind you of who God is and how he's still involved. And in this passage of scripture, we see that we need to be thinking about and letting it get in our heads and in our minds and get in there and kind of just sit in there and settle in so we know like a song that we can't quit singing. You know, many psalms were songs. This is your second something to learn today. Many psalms were actually songs. And in a time of history where few knew how to read or write and paper and pencils and things like that weren't readily accessible, you know what they did? They sang songs and the children heard them and they embodied them. And then over the years, they started singing those same exact songs It's an incredible thing if you really think about it. And by the way, never think to yourself that just simply because somebody didn't have a formal education that they're not intelligent. The truth of the matter is is that you can be incredibly intelligent. Many of these Jews who were learning these songs literally knew full chapters word for word from the book of the bible that they had studied by just simply hearing it and repeating it and hearing it and repeating it things that you know man i can't even remember my three daughters phone numbers y'all judge me if you want all right but ever since i started putting in a phone book i don't even know who my kids phone what my kids phone numbers are right can i get a name y'all admit it with me right Okay, so don't think that they were unintelligent. They were fine in their intelligence just as we were, but they had this way of reciting to themselves. And can I tell you, recite it to yourself. Recite it to yourself that he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. For this reason, we will not be afraid, even though the whole mountain is thrown into the sea, even though the election takes five days, and some of you believe it and some of you don't. I get it. All right. All right. I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. All right. But here's the truth. Whatever you do or don't believe, God is still in control. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. It is a choice that you make to be afraid. And very quickly, I shared this with you last week, three verses of scripture from Romans chapter eight. If you don't know what you ought to be memorizing, if you don't know which scriptures you ought to know and memorize, here's great choices for you romans eight twenty eight we know that all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord those that are called according to his purpose or romans eight thirty one what then shall we say in response to all these things if God is for us what who can be against us and then eight 37 says, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. If you don't know any of those, if you haven't memorized some of those, man, take out your phone and take a picture of that and memorize those first. That's a great place to start. So how do you feed that that number A is you begin to memorize scripture. The second thing that you can do is the way that you feed is this. You embrace stillness. In Psalm 46:10, he says, "Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth." Now, I want to sit down and slow down for just a quick second. And I want to talk to people today and just make sure that you hear what I'm saying and the heart that I'm sharing it from. For many of us, we don't know how to be quiet. We just don't know how to be quiet. And this passage of scripture is so interesting because it says, be still and know that I am God. For most of us, we have a very, very frantic and hectic world that we create for ourselves. We create it for ourselves, but we're the victim of it. Let me just kind of explain what I mean. And just ask yourself this quick question. Have any of you guys ever done something crazy like I do sometimes? Like, like have you ever been driving down the road? You've been driving down the road and you think you smell something. And you're like, huh, hold on, hold on. I think I smell something. And so what is the first thing you do? You reach over there and turn down the radio so you can smell better. Have any of y'all ever done that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Turning down the radio does not help you to smell better, does not help you to distinguish what that smell is. You are foolish people, led by a very foolish man. I'm the king of this stuff. I mean, I used to, when I was young, y'all think Michael Jordan used to hang his tongue out? I painted a room one day, and I had chapped lips the next, because I was like, "Eh," you know, doing this thing. I can't figure out why. Why? But it's just weird how one thing that you're focusing on kind of makes you forget this other thing. (laughs) And in the process of that, here's what I'm trying to share with you. In the idea of being frantic in your pace, God says to us, Be still and know that I got this. Be still and know that I'm the one in control. And especially for your kids do your kids a favor and kids if y'all are watching at home this is not aimed at you i'm not atting you right now this is not me calling you out but i'm here to tell you that in this new generation who has had constant social media and they're constant wondering did somebody like me today did somebody like what i showed did they comment on my post That's a thing. Like, you've got to comment on my post and I'll comment on yours. And when you post a picture, I've got to like it and you've got to like mine in return. And this constant need for affirmation. It's hard for these kids. I'm not coming at you at all. I'm not downgrading you. I'm not acting like you're foolish or silly or childish. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm here to tell you that if you are constantly throwing it out and saying somebody approve and somebody give me some sort of validation, you cannot be still long enough to hear that God is the one who is your identity and it's not somewhere else. And I promise you, the more you put it out there, the more you need it, the less you will get it. I'm promising you, the more you have to have it, the less you will find it. Be very careful, especially young people, but you know what, it's not just young people. Sometimes we are in this frantic and frenetic pace and it's hard for us to just be still and know that God is in control. <gasps> oh, the, the election it's not done yet. What are we going to You know what? God's still in control. Don't be worried. It's all right. He's going to be fine. He's got this even if you don't. So here's the thing. Don't miss this second thing. Fear thrives in a frantic mind. Fear thrives. In a frantic mind, if you are constantly worried and constantly dealing with that low level of anxiety that I spoke about, do yourself a favor and memorize this scripture, be still and know that I am God. Very quickly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep on moving. Let's go to how to, feed, uh, how to feed your faith number C. Scott, I know I'm jumping all around, but thank you so much for helping me to try to keep on track here. How do we feed our faith? We come and see. That means live it and apply it. Do you remember when Jesus was approached by those disciples around him and they said, Master, where are you staying? He's like, come and see. (laughs) Come and check it out. I don't want to tell it to you. I don't want to describe it to you. I don't want you to visualize it. I want you to come and see. For many of us, we need desperately to say, you know what, I need to see God working out there. I need to see God working in my my job situation. I need to see God working in my financial situation. I need to see God working in my relationship. I need to see God working in these places, wherever that might be for you. Maybe your physical health is where you need to see God working. But here's what I would have to ask you. Are you just saying, God, you know, help me, just help me? Or are you saying very specifically, God, I need you to show up in this way and that way and show me that it's you? Because most of the time we're just so general that we think, man, I finally got lucky when God actually just answered your prayer, but he gets none of the credit for it. He wants you to come and see what he's doing in your life, but if you don't pay attention enough because you're so busy You're so frantic in your own mind, then you might not see what God is doing. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the very ends of the earth, according to Psalms 46. It is so important that we grasp this. Now, let me just kind of illustrate it very quickly with a passage of Scripture that sounds very familiar from Matthew chapter 7. I want you to pay close attention to what it is. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Where is that foundation? It's on the rock. But I took out a phrase that you might not have heard and you might not have recognized that actually I took out a phrase. So I'm not trying to change the Bible or undo something, but I want you to think to yourself, as you read that, you might have thought, yeah, that sounds about right, right? But this is not what God said through His Son. I want you to instead see exactly what He said. He said this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and what puts them into practice? is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That is actually what Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25 says. But probably you thought the first one was the full scripture because in our society and in our world, we just have to believe, not actually practice putting our faith in God. For most of us, we believe it. We think it. We believe it in our heart. But we haven't practiced it. We have not put it into practice. We haven't come and seen that God is at work in our lives. And so it's very interesting that in the midst of the storms and the struggles and the trials, the person who believes it is still blown about just like those others. But those who have begun to practice it and have put it into actual life and daily living, they are the ones who have that foundation that we're all looking for. So we've got to be very careful that we put that into practice. Now, here's this big question and how to apply. Let's begin with the big question. Why are areas of your life so controlled by your fears? Is it because you don't have the foundation? Or is it because you are not feeding that side of your faith and instead you're feeding the side of the fear? I would ask you this question again. Why are areas of your life so controlled by your fears? Is it because you haven't put into practice those things that you knew? You haven't actually built that foundation. It's just been head knowledge, but not real knowledge, experiential, heart knowledge. Or is it that you are not feeding the right side of that equation? Here's how you can apply this message very quickly. Decide which path you will take today to gain victory over fear. We talked about memorizing scripture. We talked about being still. And we talked about seeing in your own life with your own eyes that God is at work. I'm here to tell you that just as sure as I was before election day, that God was in control, I'm just as sure today. I'm just as sure today. And you know what? I'm twice as thankful today because no matter what the craziness is out there, I know who I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep those things that I've committed for him until that day, until that day comes. And so for me, I take pleasure, I take peace in the midst of this. Very quickly, we're closing with these couple of things. Very quickly. Let me see this next slide. Did you know that the time change also happened? It happened a week ago. It seems like forever ago. It happened a week ago. This bothers me. I'm not going to lie to you. This bothers me because I don't know if you've really stopped to think deep and long about time change, but we just agree that the time everywhere in the world is going to be different, and we just agree with it. Like, people just say, you know, that's what we're going to do, and we just agree and go on. Isn't that crazy and insane? If you think about that, it's strange. But look at this. Did you know that back before 2005, it wasn't in March? It was in April, and it didn't do the fall back thing in October. I mean, it did it in October, not in November. So even a few years ago, we just decided at different times in the year that we would change the time. And I don't know about you, but that bothers me, like... If we could all just agree that, you know, this is no longer brown, it's red, this would bother me, right? Because wouldn't it still be brown? (laughs) It's just this mindset, this collective mindset of what is right and what is wrong has changed, but isn't this still brown, right? Here's what I'm talking about, and and here's why I bring this up. The world around us changes, in small and large ways. What is fashionable no longer is fashionable. What used to be popular is no longer popular. What you used to be able to say you can no longer say. These are the things that are changing around us. And you and I desperately need something that is more solid than the latest popular opinion poll. We need to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, And forever, Just like he says in Hebrews, just like he says in Hebrews. And so very quickly, let's go to that passage, and I want you to hear this. So we say this with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And then he goes on, he says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. In other words, you might not be the latest and the greatest, and you might not keep up with the latest fads, but here's what I do know. I know that I'd love to be a man of character like my dad who was born 80 years ago. Now, he might not know exactly how to use his iPhone properly, right? He might not dress in the latest style, but there's a difference between being timely and timeless. And you know what? Faith in Christ is the very thing that will help you to be timeless. So many of us are chasing after being popular and being well-liked, and being known, and being known for whatever else. The truth is, is we ought to be chasing timeless faith that just brings this peace level in our life. Very quickly, we shared this last week, and I'm ending this message series today about fear, but how can you fear less? I, I, I shared this with you last week, and this is so important. This is the tapestry that you see, and this is what is seen from above, Right? beautiful. It's a a picture of a crown. It's a tapestry. It's that needlepoint thing that you've seen. I want to make sure that you grasp and understand that this is what is seen from above, but here's what it looks like when seen from below. (laughs) Quite the mess. Quite the mess. Here's what I want to convey to you. You can get fearful if you see things from the world's perspective. But if instead you shift your perspective and see things from God's perspective, see it from the heaven down instead of from the earth up, instead of seeing chaos, you will see something beautiful that God is accomplishing in your life, in our world. He is receiving the glory from his children. Let it be you. Be a person who does not fear but instead embraces faith. May you know the peace in an anxious world. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, may you be glorified. May you hear from your children. May you be the one that we look to at all times to know, God, what is really important. What is the place that we find our identity? What place we can find our peace in this world full of anxiety? I pray that our faith would grow, that our faith would become more than ever our foundation. And Lord, please work in our hearts because the truth is is that sometimes Lord, we have been so quick to hear the fear. and and hear the things that we are afraid of and so hard of hearing when it comes to our faith that you are God. What can mere mortals do to us? And so God, help us to embrace that and know that we are more than conquerors through the one who has loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time and for your attention. I appreciate very much the opportunity to share God's word with you. Please come and be a part of our live in-person service. We encourage you. We know that uh, not everybody's totally comfortable, but some of you are getting there. Maybe you just need to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm coming. We'd love to see your beautiful face back here or at least this much of your beautiful face, right? And so come be a part of things with us next week and make sure that you are staying safe out there. And uh, normally, this is where somebody else comes and dismisses you. But today, it's me. So we're just going to say what we've always said. And maybe you can join along with me. We've just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. God bless you. Love you guys. Y'all take care.